Charlie felt an inarticulate howl erupt from his chest as he slammed his car to a halt in the middle of the cul-de-sac. He tried to think of a benign explanation for the scene unfolding in front of him. But you didn't send a half-dozen police cars to a lonely residential neighborhood just because some nice lady had taken a wrong turn and blown a head gasket. Charlie bolted out of his SUV and rushed toward the knot of policemen surrounding Julie's car. Let me see them, he shouted. Where are they? Let me see them. Please step back, sir. Charlie sensed someone to his left and managed to focus on a trim young cop, but it wasn't until she was wrapping her arms around him that he even realized it was a woman. Sir, you have to... I have to see them. Do you live here, sir? No, I... Then you need to stay back. He was nearly dragging the small police officer off her feet. Assistance, she shouted. God damn it, I need assistance now. Charlie kept plowing forward as blue uniforms rapidly converged on him. Get his arms! Get his arms! But Charlie was not going to be stopped, because he'd seen something that breathed hope into him for the first time since he'd hit the freeway. It was the hair, the auburn hair, of a tiny girl, clinging to the neck of a large African-American policeman. She was rubbing her eyes with her chubby fist, a motion he had seen a thousand times. That's my daughter, Charlie shouted as two more cops slammed into him, pinning him against one of the squad cars. They grunted and cursed, heaving on him as he struggled. Charlie fought back, blinded by the red and blue flashing lights. That's my daughter! They pinned his face against a squad car and he felt the cold steel of cuffs touching his wrists. Daddy! Daddy! He heard Megan squeal. Then an authoritative, booming voice over hers. Let him go! I said, let the man go. Charlie felt three sets of hands release him. As he righted himself and regained his vision, he saw that the booming voice belonged to the big black cop. Let him see his girl. Sorry, sir, the female cop said. We thought Charlie didn't care what she thought. He pushed through the knot of policemen and weaved toward Megan. Daddy! He grabbed her from the sergeant, holding her tight his mind jumping rapid fire to the next question. Ollie and Julie. Ollie and Julie. He ran toward Julie's car, his daughter's legs bouncing against his ribs. Daddy, daddy, daddy. The Prius was parked ten yards from the wall at the end of the cul-de-sac. No crumpled fenders, no buckled doors, no obvious damage. Charlie's heartbeat began to slow. There'd been no accident. And it occurred to him that there were no paramedics or ambulances here. That had to be a good sign. Then he saw them, poking out into the street. A pair of Nike sneakers, red and black, size nine boys. Above the sneakers was a pair of knees. The left one covered by a band-aid with a picture of Mickey Mouse on it. Ollie's face was blocked by the hood of the Prius. But Charlie was quite sure now that he must be all right. Maybe the car had just broken down. Maybe Julie had taken a wrong turn and gotten lost, and maybe the head gasket had blown. Maybe her phone had stopped working when the car died, and she'd freaked out a little, scaring the neighbors who'd called 911. Maybe it was a slow day for the cops in Norwalk. Maybe... 
Charlie felt a burst of elation as he rounded the front of Julie's car and saw Ollie looking up at him. The boy was holding the hand of a tall, beefy man in a blue LAPD uniform. Then Charlie saw the tears, streaming down Ollie's face. But it was the eyes that arrested him. Pure terror. Whatever had just happened here, it wasn't a blown head gasket or a wrong turn. That was when Charlie noticed the broken glass next to the car. The driver's side window had been shattered. Who are you, sir? Asked one of the cops. Dad, Ollie whimpered, reaching toward Charlie. A cold sensation clamped around Charlie's chest as he grabbed his son. I'm their father, Charlie whispered. I'm their father.